This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their taproom in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. Welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Taps at Feast at Atlanta's Truist Park. This is episode 214, and we're talking Asian beers and sake and Asian foods here. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. So joining us, we have Zach Yurchuk and Cliff Kreider, the longtime friends of the show and sponsors of the show. And uh, we're going to talk about, uh, like you said, Asian food, sake, all things truck and tap, and of course, beer. Uh, Zach, Cliff, thank you guys for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. This should be a good time. We're at uh, this a new place here. And for those not familiar, I had to make sure I didn't call this SunTrust Park because we just changed due to bank mergers and all that to Truist Park. Uh, but Truist Park is where the Atlanta Braves play. And then we've got the battery here. For those that are not familiar, the Braves Stadium is basically a complex, a live-work-play kind of place with all kinds of cool restaurants and bars. And we've even got a brewery here. Terrapin has their, their brew lab, barbecue. And now this really cool Asian food hall along with some really fine taps, thanks to you guys. So it's a... Uh, Pretty cool. A cigar bar, Brian? Yes, there is a cigar bar here. Just about uh, anything you, you need. Could need. I really thought when I saw Truist, I thought that was somebody making fun of somebody mispronouncing the name. I didn't realize that what had actually happened that's it, man. It was just purely a bank merger. So that's going to be interesting. That's it. Yep. Changing up names. They Some people got pictures of them taking down the SunTrust Park signs uh, a few weeks ago, wasn't it? Wasn't that long ago they changed it yeah, up, right? Long ago, yeah. Yeah, so, but cool stuff either way. Guys, how have you been? Busy? Busy. Yeah. A little, little busy, yeah. Yeah, because we're here, this has been open, what have you been open, two or three weeks here now? Yeah, last week, uh, last weekend of January, so yeah, we're about, this will be okay. week three. Very cool. As we mentioned, sponsor of the show, thank you so much, we appreciate it, since day one, day actually. One, yeah. Before our first show was on, and I think uh, the very first truck and tap location had just opened. We partnered, so right. of, we'll yeah. talk a little more about your growth since then. But uh, thanks so much, guys, for for being with us from the beginning. There, we appreciate it. Yeah, you're so, welcome. Definitely, absolutely. And so, what? Uh, how's this week going? Anything interesting? Events or beer wise? Oh man, we're uh, we're getting ready for Get Comfortable launch. Um, we do a uh, four week long fundraiser for Get Comfortable. We'll be featuring the uh, the Allagash. Creature collaboration, as well as um, a whole lineup of uh, Creatures beers, uh, raising some money for uh, the Get Comfortable expansion into Atlanta and DeKalb County. So we're pretty excited about that. It's very um, cool. And that's Get Comfortable. That is a program from Creature Comforts Brewery where they, it's their charity, their giving back program is Get Comfortable, right? And yeah, correct. So far they've just supported, uh, Creature Comforts is in, is in Athens, Georgia. And up until this year, I guess, they've just supported uh, charities in Athens-Clark County, where they're located. But they're expanding this year, huh? Yeah, yeah. Got a, a really cool program. We, we love what those guys do. It's um, uh, 
fun thing we do every every February. So and they put out some cool beers to go with it. Collaborating with Allagash this year. Definitely. And I think I saw that you guys were doing Singo again. You're doing that here starting soon. Yeah, we had a, well, we had our first Singo night here at uh, here at Feast. When was that? Uh, Monday uh, night. Monday night. Yeah. I need to know what Singo. I see it on the calendars all the time, but what is Singo? <laughs> it's uh, it's musical bingo. We, we uh, pick a theme and play. About 30-second or less clips, uh, maybe 20-second clips of different songs, and you've got your random-generated bingo card, and um, uh, it's a blast. Our host there, Casey, so is, is... If you've got a, that song on your card, you mark it off. Is uh, exactly. That right? Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right. Another yeah. level of difficulty, you have to recognize the song, though, right? Yeah, Like, yeah. if you don't recognize a song, you're not getting a bingo. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Just yeah. like an old lady missing her bingo number, Brian. That's right. Uh, there's no coming back from that. <laughs> Just can't. It's a fun night. It, uh, our host there, Casey, is just super bubbly and gets into it and dances along. And when it builds a fun crowd, like our Alpharetta location, it's it's standing room only in there for Singo. So it sounds like something that would be very enjoyable with some alcohol involved. Oh, you need Get alcohol. a few beers in you and play <laughs> you some alcohol. Singo. Yeah, I'll have to do that. Yeah, Cliff, how about you? What's been exciting for you this week? Yeah, the opening of Feast is just moving along and it's kind of at a fast pace. We've got a couple things going on at the other truck and taps. Um, we're introducing alcohol other than beer into Woodstock. Oh, okay. All right. That's uh, my hometown truck yep. and tap there. Love I don't this. know if they're ready for other type of alcohol, though. I think they are, actually. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Balti is very, actually, he'll be here tomorrow uh, bartending and learning the trade, the trade craft. Alpharetta, we've got a, uh, a rum bar coming. I know that's not beer, but we have a rum bar coming cool. to the top right. of the rooftop deck. Uh, just a lot, a lot of things happening. Uh, sponsoring uh, the Atlanta Rugby professional team. Yeah, so. the uh, the exclusive um, beer vendor in the at Life University for the Major League Rugby games. So that's pretty cool. Uh, if you're listening to this live on Saturday, tomorrow we've got a game at uh, at the park. So stop on by. It's a lot of fun. I, I, I've got to go check that out. Is this the first season yeah, yeah. for Major League Rugby here? I was going to say, I didn't think I'd heard about it before. It is. That they're they're undefeated. They okay. they won their exhibition match. They beat um, NOLA recently. Um, they beat Utah. And these are some warriors running up and down the field. It, it's really exciting. There's no place you can go in Atlanta and find professional athletes just for like $10, good parking, and, and right. walk right in. And then yeah. Zach's curating the beer. So... See, that used to be a reason I loved going to minor league hockey because you get, when I lived over in Little Rock, the days of the game, if they didn't sell them out, they'd put a little ad in the paper. This is way back when the newspaper was actually, you watch the newspaper for stuff like this. (laughs) But it'd be like $2. It's like come in and they'd sometimes run a deal for 20 bucks family of four got into the game, plus they got like a burger, fries, and drink for like $20. Man, you, you cannot beat a night of minor league hockey in a mill for 20 bucks. Just no way. Cannot. Well, that, yeah. that can segue into Duluth. Um, what are we doing in Duluth for the professional? No? <laughs> no. No. I don't know. No idea. <laughs> too busy. Something <laughs> with hockey, that's, right? That's Something with hockey. Yeah, we don't want to keep talking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. we'll, yeah. fill, we'll figure that out later. <laughs> Brian, how about you, man? How was your week? So it was, uh, it was pretty good. I think the highlight of it was going to uh, Sweetwater's 23rd anniversary. And, uh, you know, I, I had their 23rd anniversary ale. I really, really enjoyed that. It's a nice sour IPA with nice funky Brett character. Nice fruitiness to it too. Really enjoyed that. But I really enjoyed watching Be Real perform on stage while drinking Insane OG at the same time. His collaboration beer with them. So and Be Real is with um, Cypress Hill. With Cypress yeah. Hill, right? And yes. he did some of their songs, and okay. it sounded 
I mean, it sounded like Cypress Hill, honestly. It should, <laughs> so, right? Absolutely. I mean, I don't know why I would expect anything different, but I really enjoyed that a lot more than I thought I would. I thought, this will be cool. And when I was listening, I'm like, this is extremely cool. This is beyond cool. So, you, yeah. You, yeah. I remember them from back in the day, man. I do as well. Time. You know, I took it a little easier this weekend, Brian. I went to the Bold Monk, one of our new brew pubs here in Atlanta. Hung out. I had a little slow poured pilsner. I know you're a little jealous of that. I am. Enjoyed that. Enjoyed an appetizer. I just kind of. T- it was an easy weekend for me. I relaxed in recovery weekend, Brian. So well, that's good. Everybody needs a recovery yeah, weekend every now and then. Well, Tim, we should talk about the beers of the week. Crack open a cold one. It's the Truck and Tap Beer of the Week. Woo-hoo! Craft beer and food trucks in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Well, Brian, as always, we, we're going to have a good selection here. I don't know what it is, though, to be quite honest oh, with yeah. you. We're going to be surprised, right, guys, at what we're drinking this week? Yeah, we'll whatever, just, whatever you guys we'll want. We'll just dive yeah. into it. We started with a Revision Dippa. Yes. And I forget the name of it already. I just said I'll take that one. Glitter Moon. Glitter, Glitter Moon, Moon. There we which go. is delicious. Very good beer. And we're going to try some sake. And, Zach, I think you said what we'll do is we'll kind of go. We're going to dive into more info on sakes about kind of the, the qualities of it. But you said we'll kind of taste through, do a little flight there, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll try a couple different tiers of sake, if you will. And um, maybe even do some fun uh, flavored sake bombs with uh, select beers. I'm sake. excited. I have never had a sake be a bomb good before. Time, right? I didn't even know yeah. what they were. I'd heard of them, but I never. Yeah, never I looked found into out them. some info. I have I have enough knowledge of uh, from someone who spent about four hours research, and that's my expert level. And I'm going to share all of it with everybody. Brian, you don't get any news this week. I kind of felt like we might We're be missing no that. No news yeah. for you, so uh, sorry about that. But you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, and we'll be back right after this. Is your brewery or restaurant flooring all jacked up? Your foundation needs to be protected from heat, chemicals, and other contaminants. At the same time, you want to make sure it's slip resistant and you can clean up your messes with soap and water. You know who to call? ResTech. We've been manufacturing poured-in-place flooring since 2002, and we've got solutions to fit any facility's needs. Go on and visit our website at ResTech.net. That's R-E-S-T-E-K.net. Drop us a line and we will come to you for a free evaluation. Oh, yeah. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Remember, all episodes are available on demand, so if you missed the broadcast, catch the podcast. Beer Guys Radio is available on all popular podcasting apps. Let's get back to Zach and Cliff with Taps at Feast. The Taps at Feast. Yes. Feast Asian Food Hall. And uh, during the break, we got a cool little snack, guys. Thank Cliff. Thank you. You hooked us up. We got 
squid on a stick, which as you say that, it may not sound as impressive as it actually is, but this is a whole squid kind of butterflied and, and, and splayed out there into squid fingers, but you've got an entire squid taken up probably the size of like a sheet of notebook paper. Deep fried with hot sauce and fresh lime. Yeah, some chili salt, fresh lime, and a little sweet and sour It looks like sauce. a deep fried flower, a deep fried it flower does. Yeah, of a big flavor. One. Yeah, and yes. we had, uh, Zach, you brought us, you said this was a good beer to pair with it. We had Beer Lao, right, which is a dark lager, and uh, it did go well with it. We yeah, enjoyed it. Winning Lao. Right, and, and it had a little spice that built up that uh, we all have very clear sinuses now. We so do. It was a good time. Now, Zach, we want to talk a little bit about kind of the journey to the taps at Feast here. As we mentioned earlier, you and I met uh, six years ago or so. Yeah. And it was before your first business opened, uh, which was a growler shop up in Woodstock, Georgia. And we met at a homebrew club, the Woodstock Malt Monkeys. Sure did. And Brian and I had just brewed our first beer. That's about right, yeah. And you were just getting ready to open up a barrel and barley growler shop up in Woodstock. Yeah, yeah. And it seems a little bit has changed since then for you, it's right? Been, it's been a busy six, seven years or so. Right. I mean, that first meeting, what did you guys brew? Do you remember what it was you had brewed? I do. We brewed an ESB, and we were brewing, brewing a bag, basically. That's right. And we forgot. We didn't know what we were doing, and we got. We, we didn't, didn't have, have a bag. bag, so I had a new pack of T-shirts, wife beater style T-shirts, and so the name of the beer was Wife Beater ESB. That's right. And not to be rude or crass or anything, but it was named after the T-shirt, the 100% brand new cotton T-shirt that we used to uh, to mash our grains in. I think, uh, yeah, and then you guys, you all really took off with the home brewing. By the time I even got homebrew supplies at Barrel and Barley, I think you guys were already labeling your beers. I know I've got a couple with uh, a couple la- uh, empty bottles back at home with uh, Boo the, the Brew Dog on them. And- right. Yes, yes, right. Yes. Those are, that would have been a bottle of, I believe, Hot Doss, hot right? Hot Doss, yeah. Hair of the Dog Oatmeal Stout. That's right. Yep, yep. For us. So, and that was because... She kept sticking her nose into the brew kettle, and I'm like, there's got to be some dog hair in there. But we boiled it off. So, yeah, those those first brew days for us were kind of Wild West, weren't they, Brian? They were. I mean, they were Wild West for quite a while, actually. Yeah. I mean, either yeah. because of recipe or because of process. It takes a while to get it figured out when you've got does. basically a bass fish, you know. Yeah. Our mash tun is a rectangular cooler that my cousin left when he came to visit, and the front is like a stamped relief carving of someone catching a big largemouth bass oh i thought you were saying gonna say he yeah. like had stored fish in it no no it, no this <laughs> fortunately maybe he did possibly so but uh, that wouldn't surprise me but that's some interesting terroir that is do you get that you get those notes of notes it's, of it's a, little, a little scaly and briny right. so speaking of fish and i'm gonna ask this just because when i was looking around and i don't know for sure that it was your account but i saw a twitter account about a guy who did kayak fly fishing. was Is that your account? Because it's old and it hasn't been updated in a long time. Yeah, yeah, that was me. Okay, so there is a tie in there. So you were literally fly fishing from a kayak. Uh, back before 
businesses. Yeah, okay. At least I have time to do that. When you could, right? That yeah. was insane. I was gonna. That was gonna be my next question. Like, can you still pull that off? I'm guessing probably not. No, no. Because <laughs> Brian wanted to go fishing. He wanted to ride on the back of your kayak and do some <laughs> fishing. Right. It'd be cute. Yeah. It would be. It'd be adorable. I'll paddle. But guys, since then, Zach, the, what kind of got this started kicked off? You had barrel and barley for a little while. Yeah. And, so and, I had I had barrel and barley, and then about a year in, I got approached by Cliff and. Um, you know, long story short, I uh, said, hey, I've got this building uh, nearby and um, kind of got this idea, maybe a food truck, beer combo. And uh, he and I hit it off. We have our, our third partner, Mitch, who um, you know, helped us out with uh, a lot of getting involved with the food trucks. Yeah, we opened up uh, Truck and Tap Woodstock. What was that, 2015? Right, October. Fall, fall of 15. The, uh, the folks on Woodstock really loved it, and, and um, we were like, we're on to something here. Let's uh, yeah. let's see what we can do to, to expand. And we were able to get Alpharetta open about, you know, it was about two years later, yeah? Two years later, two and, years then, later. and then Duluth. Yeah, Duluth about a year and a half ago. Right. Has Duluth been open that long now? Yeah. Man, the time wow. just flies yeah. by. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, 2015 for uh, the original location, and that's after the Growler Shop, so that's even longer. So fifth anniversary is coming up in fall, right? Yeah, you got to have some crazy stuff. We haven't. That. We've never had an anniversary party, but we're gonna have to blow out the fifth. I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We we'll should we'll talk again then, because our fifth anniversary is in January. So we're we'll see what we can we'll do together. But that's and you know, as a resident of Woodstock. We were super excited to get it there because we didn't have anything like that. And Woodstock over the last five, six, ten-ish years or whatever, we've grown up our downtown area. But it was, you know, kind of, you guys were kind of the catalyst down there. One of the things that was kind of catalyst to get it started. And, uh, very, oh, and you know what? For those that hear us saying truck and tap and just don't know exactly what the heck we're talking about, uh, the tap part is easy. <laughs> the tap part is easy. You guys have a, a beer bar, basically, or not even just beer now. Beer, but beer bar with the food truck problem. Yeah, yeah. So, and you put a, a slab out back, and and different food trucks rotate out, so you can get a new food truck every day. That's where it gets interesting, Tim. Yeah, it is where it gets interesting. So, yeah, a, a really cool concept. You can go in. You have your favorite beers there. You know, rotate and tap list but then a different food truck. So if you like barbecue, come on barbecue day. Lobster rolls, barbecue, uh, pizzas, uh, an actual brick oven pizzeria food truck, right? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, one of our residents in Woodstock, Dominic's. We've got a lot of new fun ones lately. Um, what are some of your new favorites? Oh, my goodness. Put me on the spot. Yeah, so barbecue is always good. We've got some good Vietnamese. Um we got a great uh, taco guy in Duluth. Has to be some of the best tacos you'll ever have. Um, it just it they just keep coming. They really do, and and so it's it's fun to go out there for uh, unique food truck food. You know, a deep fried kebab is always good on a Sunday afternoon. Good stuff. Sure. Yeah. Now we're at your latest newest location here, as we mentioned, Taps at Feast. Asian Food Hall, we're sitting here right now, lively, active place. 
Uh, we've got, as we mentioned, we got the squid on a stick from the Lao Street Food Place. There is a, uh, what did you say the Fantasia is? What style? Uh, Cantonese Street Food. Cantonese. That's we've got uh, a tea Bobo, place. Yeah, so that's a Bobo Garden from Buford okay. Highway. Some of you Atlantans might uh, know Bobo Garden, their fixture on, over yeah. on Buford Highway. This Buford is Highway is our Asian, our international really, but Asian food really known for that over there. Really good stuff. Some sure. ramen noodles and poke burre. You can get your poke burrito over there, right? Poke burrito, poke donut, or sushi donut, uh, poke bowls. I'm still not sold on the poke burrito. I'd try one, but I, I don't know what. Th- I'm not sure, guys. You like sure. I like All anything right. that says says donut, and you've also got the bubble tea place, and I know that's very popular. Oh yeah. So this is a little interesting, uh, a little different than the truck and tap situation because they don't roll away at the end of the night and come in with a new a new group. At least I know, I yeah, we got to deal don't. with these guys every day here. Yeah, they they, they <laughs> stick around. So you've got day. a week's worth of the truck part. In one location every exactly. day of the week, exactly. so that's a pretty interesting thing. It's yeah, it's kind of a it's a you know a little bit of an extension from uh, um, truck and tap. You know, street food, laid back, casual, great uh, beer and, and drinks. Um, but yeah, different different kind of spot. This one this one kind of fell in our lap. The the hall needed a bar, and um, we had some some mutual connections, and uh, we we're able to uh, uh, secure a spot. Good stuff, guys. Well, you know what? We have talked a lot about food trucks and business and all of that. For, for those listening, we promise we're about to dive deep into some alcohol talk here. Oh, yeah. So stick around. We're going to take a break. We'll be back very soon with more from the Taps at Feast. Cobb County, Georgia is home to a dozen breweries and distilleries. This March, Cobb Travel and Tourism brings you Bubbles and Brews, a month-long celebration of the county's diverse and talented craft beverage makers. Grab your Brew Pass passport, visit the makers, get stamped, and win sweet prizes. And don't forget to go online and vote for your favorites. Support the local craft beverage community and explore all 12 locations throughout the month of March. Tap into Cobb and get more info at bubblesandbrews.com. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram be the man you gotta beat the man Woo! now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to beer guys radio show i want to give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates wqee 99.1 fm 99 rock the key in noonan georgia catch beer guys radio on wqee every saturday at 10 a.m local time now back to zach and cliff with Taps at Feast. The Taps at Feast, and uh, it's time for some alcohol talk, guys. It is. And drinking. Uh, we are moving on to the sake portion of the program. Is it sake? Sake? You know, I'm... I'm You're not Japanese, I'm not right? Japanese. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Apologies in advance. Okay. Well, we are going to do our best to share some uh, beginner-level knowledge, I would say, a primer 
And this is based off of uh, a handful of hours of internet research and discussions with other people and watching a Saki sommelier videos on YouTube. So this is where we've learned this. And Zach, you've actually brought us out four sakis to try of different grades. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about what we're going to be tasting through here? Yeah, so starting with um, kind of what's uh, known as a table sake. Again, I apologize ahead of time for the terrible pronunciations I'm going to have here, but uh, I believe the grade is Futsushu. Futsushu. Uh, Futsushu. I'm going with that. We'll okay. Go with that. All right. Uh, so this is the uh, Sakari uh, Demon Slayer, and this is uh, in a fun little juice box package, and it's just... You know, this is your Budweiser of this your yeah. your Bud Light of sakes, right? Yeah. It's something that you know if you're not looking for anything fancy, you just want to have some sake. You're you're watching some wrestling, some sumo wrestling, or you're hanging out. You want a basic sake? This is the one. And you like grab me a juice box yeah. of this, right? Exactly. Okay. Um, It'll fit in a lunchbox so easily. So. Something to think about taking to work, maybe. Or send oh, them with yeah. your kids to That's school. Right. Yes. A, um, a Hello Kitty lunchbox. That's, That's it, right. yes. Perfect yeah. for that. I do believe there's a Hello Kitty juice box sake, but we haven't found that one yet. <laughs> um, uh, that wasn't a joke. That's not a joke. I was, I was like, oh, that's a joke. Okay. I've seen it, right. Yeah. Wow, all right. Um, and Zach, this so, next one I'm looking at, we're, yeah. we're, we got some hazies. Yeah, so this is uh, for New England IPA drinkers. This is for your haze boys. This is um, uh, Nagori sake. So this is unfiltered. There's there's rice particles left over in it. Yeah. And um, a lot of people, I think, especially in Japan, are, are partial to this style. It does have a really nice mouthfeel, and uh, it looks to me like a... I'm trying to think, like a, a dark coconut milk or like a yeah, reduced yeah, coconut sure. milk or something like and that. And it has like, a fruity creaminess to it. Oh, yeah. So the first one to me is just kind of what I'd call like nondescript sake. It's it's sake. It's what you would get if you're having sushi, if you're at the Japanese steakhouse or whatever. So Yeah, if you just order sake and you don't look at a menu, you're probably going to get some you know table sake level, level product. And I've frequently had it warm, so it's hard to compare the two because we're drinking it not terribly warm, but uh, it has reminiscent flavors of sake, like light. Like when you said, when Tim said like Bud Light of sake, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this seems about there. It's like really unoffensive. Like you get, a, you get a touch of that flavor. You know you're drinking sake, but you're not overwhelmed with it. This is, uh, this is definitely more of an enthusiast thing. I, I think it's really enjoyable. It's more approachable than I assumed it would be looking at it. Yeah, a lot, a lot bigger, a lot bigger flavors. If you go back and forth between the table sake and a nagori, you, it's you know it's night and day. That, that it makes the in comparison, it really makes the table sake taste you know extra light. As I drink through this this hazy one, I do see the uh, the particulate, the rice pieces hanging on there. We can hear it in your voice. The particulate. Uh, I don't know, what, I don't with know you. what happened there, but it's. <laughs> I've I've been drinking water and that trying to clear it up, but my my throat has just got scratchy on me here. I think it might be the squid on a stick plus the particulates could of be, the sake. Could be. Yeah. So what are we up for next? Zach? So uh, this next one is product uh, Geica Cam Black and Gold. This is a. Uh, Great workhorse sake, excellent value, um, really high quality product. It's um, technically a Junmai sake, uh, but this one's blended. And, um, so long story short, sake tiers are kind of based on how well polished the rice is. Taking brown rice to white rice, you're going to polish off about 10% of it. And a Junmai sake, you're going to polish off about 30% of it. Your premium sakes are going to polish off about 50%. 
And this one's somewhere in the 60 to 70 range. It's a blend of sakis in the 60 to 70 range. So a little a little uh, premium plus. Now, I have a question for you, Zach, and this is based off of my four hours of Internet knowledge. What I found is that a Junmai meant that it was just rice, water, koji, and yeast. Right. And that there was no additional alcohol added to it. That's what the Junmai denotes. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Because you can have different grades that are like a high grade, but they actually supplement it with alcohol. So it's still considered high-ish grade, right? Yeah, there's, so, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of tiers. So there's you know, Jingo, Junmai Jingo, Dai Jingo. Right. You can have a Junmai Nagori, you know. Yeah, then, if you add the Junmai to the beginning of it, like you could have a Junmai Daiginjo, and that's just saying... There's no additional alcohol added to this, and the polishing rate is this much. Right, right, right. The aroma on this one is one of the first that really stands out to me. Like, I really enjoy the aroma. The cloudy one, I didn't get as as much, and I don't know, with, with everything going on, maybe I'm not going to, but that stands out with, like, a nice, that this one right here, nice, like, a honey aroma almost. Yeah. yeah. Kind of thing, really, yeah, really floral. pleasant. Floral, honey, yeah, quite nice. So what's the uh, serving size? Yeah, so, Zach, what type of serving size are we talking about here? Yeah, so these sakis are um, like strong wines. They're 15% alcohol, 12 to 15%. Uh, so we serve these in uh, six-ounce pours. Um, some of our packaging is like 250 mils or whatever, but, yeah, right right around there. So we get about one point, you know, one to 1.2 standard drinks in uh, a glass of sake. Were those little juice boxes, were they a full six ounces? Because they look really tiny. They were cute, but they look really tiny, like maybe three ounces or something Let's like see. that. I've got one right here, Brian. Let's Possibly see two ounces. No, they're, you know what? They're bigger than I thought. Uh, 180 mil. So what, what is that? Um, I don't actually know the math. So 333 mils is like 11.2, 365, Just short of six ounces. Okay, short so that's a solid there. six. There you it, go. They look adorable for six ounces. But I'm sorry, I'm, I'm stopping us from getting into the final oh, socket. Yes. yes. So this is um, a uh, Daijingo. So this is polished uh, closer to 50%. Uh, master blending techniques and um, all that fun stuff. But uh, Oh, so there's blending bad. of different sake batches I involved? So, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, this might be a single single barrel, for lack of a better term, but uh, the, the process goes, uh, you know, can definitely involve some blending. Okay. So I found out uh, this one, the aroma on this one is just phenomenal. I get a soft fruitiness, a floral, and I get a big licorice hit on this, a yeah. big black licorice, yeah. right? Yeah. And I haven't sipped it yet. I've just been breathing it in, so... I've been sipping it because I had a sip of it before, and I love this. I love this. The uh, that's a very unusually natural and enjoyable black, black licorice flavor. I, yeah. I'm, I don't know how you get that from rice. I'm I'm perplexed by this. It's got to be the bacteria, the koji, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it. Yeah, it brings a lot of character to it. Now, another thing they do, and I did find this out. I was going to dive into it. Is that they do. Sometimes they blend distilled alcohol into the sakis that they make. And apparently that is not looked at as like fortifying, that it is used to bring out additional character and complexity that you couldn't get just with the like the koji and the regular fermentation there. So it's not looked at as a negative thing necessarily. It's not like you're... You're trying to hide or fake anything. You're apparently just bringing out additional great flavors 
uh, in your sake. So it, you, did you say it was any kind of alcohol or is it particular type? It just type? says it's a distilled alcohol. That's all that I've – there may be something more specific than that, but the information that I found just said a distilled alcohol. And, again, we're not going to be claiming to be sake experts here. This uh, isn't we're sake sharing guys the radio. information that we found out uh, basically to uh, hopefully pique your interest to check it out yourself. Yeah, learn absolutely. Something. If we get something wrong – and one of you out there is a sake expert, let us know. We want to get it right. Exactly, exactly right. And I, I got to say, we got to talk about sake because it's so similar to beer in the process. It is. You know? It is. Yeah. And you know what? We're going to dive into that a little bit more. We're going to talk about this sake a little more. When we get back from the break, you'll listen to the Beer Guys radio show. We are talking with Cliff and Zach at the Taps at Feast. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. As a brewery owner or taproom manager, are you looking for ways to enhance your customer experience while maximizing your revenues? Craft Cellar is a mobile solution that helps your brewery drive sales and attract new customers through online pre-sales for beer releases, events, and memberships. Get details now at craftseller.com. Mention Beer Guys Radio after sign-up and extend your free trial to a full 30 days. Remember, craftseller.com, C-R-A-F-T-C-E-L-L-R.com. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Oh, God, here we go again. Dork alert. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag, commercial-free episodes, and even bonus episodes that aren't available anywhere else. Now back to Zach Yurchuk and Cliff Kreider with Taps at Feast. Guys, thanks again for having us out today. We've had a great time with you. We've enjoyed a lot of sakes. We've tried eight or ten, I think, now. So Possibly we tried, ten. We tried four or five just regular sakes, and now we're going to some of the fruit-infused ones. We tried one with mango that's a lot of mango in that, man. That's a lot of mango. So opaque. So opaque it is, yes, yeah. And then we've got a coconut one. Reminds me a lot of Malibu rum back in the day. And, Cliff, you'd said you can pour that with some pineapple juice and you're good to go, right? It's a little pina colada with a little rice forward. Yeah, that's it, man. Good stuff. Well, you know, we've had a lot of fun here uh, with the sake. You know, one thing, a lot of people look at sake or it's kind of classified as a wine. But by process, it's much closer to beer. And when I was looking on the Internet, it, the depending on what site you looked at, some said sake is technically beer. Some said sake is closer to beer. So it seemed to be a little divided on whether or not they said it was beer. But basically, you're you're using grains to get the sugars and ferment that, which is really the process. You don't. The only difference between the actual definition of beer is you don't malt the rice, and that's where they bring in. I, I think we mentioned it briefly earlier, Zach. The koji, right? That is used, which is a uh, a bacteria, a mold, I think, an enzyme that helps. Uh, where since you don't malt the rice, 
to get that conversion of starch to sugar, the koji comes in and takes care of that. Is that correct? Sounds right to me. Well, I guess sounds good to you. Well, and for those that know brewing, you normally mash your grains, you drain that sugar water off, and then you go into your fermentation into a separate or boil and then go into fermentation. With this, the koji does the mashing, essentially the mashing and fermenting all at one time. So that... Uh, that's kind of a cool thing with the process there. Which is extremely crazy because the whole point of the, the mashing part is to get those enzymes active and get them converting those starches into sugar. Koji is just, I'll do it. I, I got it all. Don't worry about it. Hey, you don't have to boil me. I got we'll just, this. We'll do this. I got this, yeah. man. I got this It's now. intriguing. Trivia. Trivia time. Brian, do you know what the word sake means? I'm going to say it means alcohol, Tim. You're correct. In Japan, sake just means alcohol. So, and let me, let me look at my notes here. If you're over in Japan... And you're looking for what we the rice wine like we're drinking. It is called Nihonshu. Nihonshu is what you would call over there the rice wine. Sake is just alcohol. So if you go over there and you just say, uh, let me get sake, they're going to look. What do you want, whiskey, beer? So it could just be anything, anything at all. That's crazy. That is correct, Brian. It could be. There's just no telling as long as it's alcoholic. So I guess that when they're, when they're blending the, uh, a little bit of that alcohol in some variety, some grades of sake, they are blending sake with sake because, well, sake could be anything. So I think I, okay. I think I see I think I see the uh, the I'm opportunity not, not sure to exploit sure do, <laughs> to exploit the definition for your benefit potentially. How much sake have you had? Tonight? Uh, I you mean, guys have a laugh track soundboard. Yeah, we need to throw it in there, right? <laughs> just get it going. Brian's just, just, off the just rails here. Take it from Zach. You should be laughing right now. If you're okay. not, you should just have some more sake. Part. Yeah. And Brian, do you know what the Zach? Do you know what they call a master sake brewer? No. Okay. He is a toji. So you got your koji, your toji, and there are schools and guilds in that, just like with brewers in America or other places other than America, you have schools and guilds and all that that you go through to become a master toji. So there you go. That's that's our that's our sake primer, Brian. That pretty much covers everything that's the we basics. know about We've it. We've talked about polishing. We've talked about the different grades that you look at. We've talked about uh, adding the distilled alcohol. And uh, I think that is uh, kind of the, the big deal of the thousand-foot view of sake. Well, the one thing I need to know, and it's not specifically, I mean, it is tied to sake, but it's not really something you're going to read about it on Wikipedia or some other place. What's a sake bomb? How does that work? I need that explained to me. Yeah, so you get a pint of beer and you put two chopsticks on top, grab a shot of sake, and uh, beat down the bar until that uh, shot falls in. That sounds like a great tradition. That sounds like something we're definitely going to do at some point. We should head to Japan now, Brian. We should go there and eat some good food. No need. We have chopsticks here. That's right. We got this covered. Right. Yeah. We would be big in Japan, though, Tim. We would. We'd be big anywhere we went, Brian. (laughs) You've seen us. (laughs) I have. Yes. (laughs) Well, guys, thanks for uh, sharing. You know, like I said, I hadn't had sake much other than other than just going to the sushi bar, the Japanese steakhouse, and there I never knew the names of the sake or anything. You just basically order it hot or cold is about it. So seeing the different grades and qualities and all these fruit blendings has been a lot of fun. But this is a beer show, and I guess sake is technically beer, but uh, Asia, craft beer is coming up in Asia as well. Uh, Sure is. Coming up more and more. I think the, the... Rice lagers still dominate there, the mass-produced rice lagers. I guess just like in America, you know, Budweiser, Bud Light, and all of those are still dominating. Uh, But you are having some that are coming up. We talked to – we didn't get them on the show because of a a conflict, but we talked to them beforehand. Pasteur Street, that they're in – were they in Vietnam, Vietnam. Brian? So, and the guy that founded Pasteur Street actually came back to the States and helped found 
Elkmont Exchange in Knoxville, Tennessee. That's right. So and we did the, talk to him then. Yeah. Yeah. And Brian, you got over. You were in Malaysia a couple years ago and actually stumbled on a beer fest. Is that right? That's right. Uh, I, th- I think it's boy. I'm, now I'm drawing a blanket. I think it was like the best beer fest or the better beer fest. It was uh, in Malaysia. It'd been like this. I think it was the first year they'd ever done it. They finally gotten around to it. Malaysia wasn't a very open country for beer. I've, I've worked in there historically have some background with them but uh it was a great scene that the beer fest was fun it was small it was an intro but i found out that vietnam has a thriving beer scene i would not have realized this but uh it's kind of a big deal and it's actually grown since so pasteur street being one of them i had their beer there i had a a saison of all things from vietnam and this blew my mind then i had some stuff from australia and some other places as well yeah has that beer fest grown since then brian well So they did it, I think they either did it a second year or were about to do it a second year, and it got closed down because there were certain elements of, uh, of Malaysia that were not down with that beer festival c- carrying on for, well, we'll say religious li- reasons, I guess. So it uh, it did not carry on. I got there lucky. There were some threats there, weren't there, I there, think? So there they had were. to shut the yes. festival down. So. Yep, that's, they did it. Reportedly, they did it for everyone's safety. A lot of people think they kind of caved to it, but uh, yes. But I was better safe than sorry with that kind of stuff, man. I mean, I get fighting back, but there's certain things that you know the sev- severity yeah. of bucking it, and you just you just don't go there. And they do have they have some some fine uh, craft uh, beer bars there in Malaysia now. They didn't used to in Kuala Lumpur, and I had some really exciting and interesting beers that I would not have had otherwise down there. So you can have the beers. It's not like they shut the entire scene down, but it was. It was interesting, but there is a thriving beer scene in Southeast Asia, so people may not realize that. Zach, do you get a lot of people coming in here to the Asian food hall looking for Asian beers, or are they they looking more for the sake? We've got we've got your usual suspects here um, on Asian beer, but uh, we do plan to being a being a beer bar at heart, we do plan to introduce people to brands like Pasteur Street and Hitachino Nest and Shiga Kogan and whatnot when those become available to us on draft. It's uh, you know they're hit and miss getting a boat over from asia with full of kegs sure. but um okay. you know, we do plan to showcase a lot of that stuff over the next year or so that'll be fun man and they keep coming up get in get in what you can check them out absolutely so i was thinking back to the squid and the stick we had earlier and i was thinking <laughs> about so of what you have on tap now what do you think you most would would like to pair with that what, what would you recommend it's like hey i've got this a great spicy squid and a stick it's got a little sweet hot sauce with it it's got a little lime to squeeze on it where do you go with that with the craft beer that, uh, you know, either what you have now or what you, you've had recently, that sort of thing? It kind of depends on you know, the person's taste. If you, as you probably heard, we, we all got our sciences cleared out from that heat we that did. snuck on, got a up up on us. But, um, you know, if you like intensifying that, um, it's not a you know, very heavy meal, but, you know, a, light, a, a lighter uh, IPA, something like Monday Night Lay Low or something could even be a great option. All right, uh, yeah. For, for something like that. Um, something malty but not too roasty if you want to kind of cut the heat. That Beer Loud Dark Lagers, you know, a, a great option. Or, That's uh, true. Belgian Dark. Irish red, anything, anything of the sort could be a great option. It that. seemed pretty versatile with the, the yeah, with the variety absolutely. of flavors and everything that you yeah. had there. You yeah, can go even, in a you bunch know, of different directions. Yeah, you can go saison. Saisons yeah. are pretty versatile. And go, you know, herbal saison can uh, just kind of go along with those 
spices and whatnot. So Make them pop, they're going to have yeah. to try all those combinations. Yes. To see what I can do. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We appreciate you giving us a little sake tour there, seeing what's going on. Yeah, something if new. Folks want to find out what's going on with Truck and Tap or the Taps here at Feast. What's the best way for them to do that? Uh, truckandtap.com for updated food truck lineups and uh, beer lists. Um, we're also on all the social media at Truck and Tap, at Truck and Tap Duluth, at Truck and Tap Alpharetta, at Taps at Feast or tapsatfeast.com. Hard to miss us. Yeah, there Facebook, you go. Facebook You're history. out there, right? Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> well, we're going to break from this. We're going to go do some sake bombs, Brian. Heck yeah. A little messy to do on the air here, but we're going to get into that. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Make sure to join us next week as we talk to 5050 Brewing. Brian, maybe we'll get into a little eclipse. Oh, that'll be fantastic. Yes, we will. Up. For more craft beer info, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Duke's Mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it, tailgates get it, and restaurants get it too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Dukes. It's got twang.